Hi, this is John Legadakis, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. This podcast is a recording of a live conference call that I hold each week with members of my list marketing system. During this call, we discuss mainly traffic strategies we can use to drive more visitors to our squeeze page to build our list and how to build a relationship with our list and better monetize our list. We also frequently talk about ways to better develop ourselves as individuals. If you'd like to learn more about my list marketing system, you can do so on my free webinar, which is at makemoneywithjohn.com. Any sites discussed during the podcast, the links are made available in the podcast transcript, which is on my blog at johnlegadarkus.com. That's J-O-H-N-L-A-G-O-U-D-A-K-I-S.com. Let's see we've got on the call. We have uh, Sip on the call. Welcome. Thank we have you. Paul. Good to have you here. We had, um, I heard Lyle and uh, Steve as well. Welcome to the call. Yeah, hi, Morning. Morning. All right, we have Mel on the call. Welcome. Hello, John. All right, it's great to have everyone here on the call today. And Co. Oh, no, no, we don't have Co yet. Okay. All right, I think we're ready to get started. All right, you're welcome to the call, everybody. I'd like to welcome to the call Sipo, first time on today's call. Sipo, would you do us a favor and uh, just spend, if you could spend a minute or two telling us a little bit about yourself? My name is Sipo and I live in Canada, I'm in Ontario. And I am new, I'm not very old, but in the, I mean, in the internet marketing, um, I had someone who was helping me and I started with uh, buying solo ads and right now I have um, a few sub subscribers and I'm looking forward to start on from there. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you, Sibo. appreciate that. And we had a, a chance, if and I, we had a bit of a chat together, uh, and it's good to get to know her and her experience, and and uh, we talked about a bit of a game plan for her specifically, what she can do going forward. So yeah, it's good to have you on the call, Super. Thank you. What I'd like to do today, I, there was a request put in to talk about creating our own products online. I'm going to talk about that a bit later on in today's call. But let's start off with any questions anyone has or comments, anything that anyone wanted to talk about this week. Uh, yeah, I had an interesting um, thing happen to me. Uh, I only discovered it yesterday, um, John. Mm-hmm. Um, before I met you, I was looking at another program to, to get off and running. Um, and they also suggested that I, um, I deal with HostGator. Um, so I, I, I started to build their, their site or a site regarding that particular business. And somehow it's bleeded over into lyleslamoney.com. So instead of having your page, it's, have, it's got their page. <laughs> Anyway, I con contacted them this morning and uh, they're working on it. So if you went to lyleslamoney.com, you wouldn't see your, the free offer. You would see mm -hmm. something entirely different. 
Uh, yeah, something. I don't know what happened, and you know, I'm I'm not technically, uh, I'm not really knowledgeable enough to know exactly what happened. But anyway, they're going to work on it and try and separate the two. I see. So, yeah. So hopefully we'll get back on track in the. Oh, okay. So it looks like someone's created a new site over yeah, well, the that's, one that that's, we set up. Yeah, that's the site I'm working on, but it, it somehow it's got onto. To that site, and not not onto the where it says uh, mobile web smart. Are you looking at it now? No, oh. no, but I I understand. What yes, you're saying. yes. So, it, yeah. so it's um you know uh, I don't want to go into what it is because it's you know I don't want to take up everybody's time. Uh, it's a legitimate mm. business and um and it seems like a good one, but it's not where it's supposed to be. Um, so mm. I've got them to work on it. it. It may take seventy-two hours to get it back to normal. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, oh, okay. Look, I'm nowhere, I'm nowhere near uh, getting anything happening anyway. Uh, I really need to delve into you know, what we're doing here more, more and understand it more. Anyway, uh, I, I would actually like to get solo ads happening and maybe mm -hmm. email. Okay. Yeah, now what I've done recently, I just went in there the other day onto the forum where I have a list of recommended sol people to purchase solo ads from. Okay. And I've updated that a little bit. I, re I think I removed one name and added another one. So I am go going in there on a regular basis and updating those names. So if anyone's interested in purchasing solo ads, purchasing solo ads, Head on over to the forum, go to the list traffic system section of the forum and uh, you'll see one of the threads there, recommended solo ad buyers. And they're people that I highly recommend that you purchase from. They're people um, that I do have done swaps with on a regular basis or they come highly recommended by people that I trust. Okay, John. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Lyle. Anything else anyone wants to talk about today? Okay, John. Mel. I got that GT metrics uh, set up, mm -hmm. and I found it could be a um, added like a widget to each individual blog I've got. Oh, okay. Yeah, I usually use GT metrics. I just go to the site itself, type in my blog. And get the report. I don't. I don't have it as a widget on my sites myself. What does it do as a widget on your site? It's readily available. Um, just flick down to it, and you can do a test run, and it gives you the full report. And mm -hmm. and those um, bookmark icons I had were slowing the loading down and I think they were up to 23 seconds wow and <laughs> and when I when I looked at the text report they were all responsible for the biggest um, hold up mm. and I couldn't find how to put the code in to make them um, okay Mm. But I reduced them down to just the four essential ones, and that improved my opening rate to four seconds. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's a, that's a huge difference. Yeah, and it was just your comment when you said how slow it was. Well, 
that was one mm. one reason. Right, right. And by far the, the the biggest reason. But all my photographs that I'm putting up should have mm. this code. And although I asked them how on earth I was to do it, because I, I looked up the web and found a few had suggestions, but although I tried as many as I could find, not not one alteration made any difference. They still came up as a problem. So hmm. they don't seem to respond to uh, queries. Uh, so I haven't done much more. And there's obviously a, a lot I, I can do. Um, but do you have any experience in how you handle all those things that you you meant to do? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and for for anyone listening to this call that are not sure what we're talking about here, gtmetrics.com is a free service you can go to, gtmetrix.com. And if you type in your website URL and ask it to run a report for you, it'll tell you how well your site loads up. And this is very important for your search engine ranking. So sites like your blog that you want it to rank in the search engines, you want to know how quickly it loads up for users because Google does look at that. If your if your site takes a long time to load up, they're gonna give you. Uh, it's gonna they're gonna penalise you for that. The longer it takes the, the your site to load, the the bigger the penalty, and it so it affects your search engine rankings. So what Mel's talking about here is he had a plugin or a, some plugins for social media, and they were really slowing it down. Twenty-three seconds is huge load-up time. You want to have your site loading up in less than a second, <laughs> or around a second. Yeah. Um, at the you know mine is around there. My blog is around the second mark, and I'm sort of not too happy about that. But it's better than what it used to be. I think it was around two or three seconds before. Around three seconds. I think, or even close to four, actually, before I started optimizing it. Um, images is another one. So if you're uploading images to your site that have high resolution, so they're very high quality images, that will definitely affect your load time. So with WordPress, you don't have to know a lot about images. When, when you upload something through, through WordPress's media section, it, it gives you different versions of the same file. Let's say, do you want the original file? Do you want the, you know, the thumbnail? Do you want the medium size version? So they do automatically create multiple versions of your, of your image file. And uh, that can help because that, that'll, they basically decrease the size of the actual, the, the actual image file size. Another thing you can do is use something like GIMP, which is free to change the resolution of your files. Uh, so let's say you've got an image that's 500 by 500 pixels, but really for your blog, you only need it to be 250 by 250. You can go into GIMP and you can scale the image down and uh, save that as a new image. The file size will be much smaller and then upload that. But there's a lot of things in I know, Mel, you're, t you're, you're talking about um, 
GT metrics report that it gives back. There's lots of things that it recommends that you can do. You, you always start off with the stuff that's really serious, really bad, like you mentioned. So you did a great job there. You sorted out that social that social plugin, reduced it from 23 seconds to four seconds. That's awesome. There will be a lot of things that GT metrics recommends you do that may, will make tiny changes, like you know, a fraction of a second. And if you can easily, but if you can easily make those changes, go ahead and do that. If you can't, because you, you need code, you need knowledge about website programming, like how to modify a CSS file, for example, then don't don't play around with that. It's okay, just leave it. Either you hire, you outsource it to someone, find someone on Elance or Fiverr maybe, to go through and make those changes for you, or just leave them if they're really minute. If they're only going to make a minute change to your load up time, I wouldn't be too concerned about them because they come back with a lot. GT Metrics comes back with a lot of recommended changes you can make. But just start to do the serious ones. Make sure you take care of those. Yeah, John. Mm-hmm. My, my top two, three, or four were just not even on the scale. So they are obvious ones to attend to. And the biggest problem was that my images didn't have dimensions. And right. and what they said was that when the site goes to load, because there's no dimensions there, it's, mm-hmm. it sort of makes provision for a big file. Right. And it takes a while to sort itself out. So I'm given the dimensions to put in. And it seems as if it is quite an easy matter to go into your editor, find the image, um, is it URL, and, mm. and put the dimensions in. But, mm. but that's, it seems like a simple exercise, but I haven't found how to do it after several trials and errors and copying others. I, I go back to the test page, and it hasn't changed anything. So oh, okay. it seems a simple exercise, and no doubt I'll find out where it is. But you haven't tried to put dimensions in? I don't remember seeing that in my report. Oh. So that may be not an issue with mine, maybe, I think. Uh, mine typically does have the dimensions. When you add images through WordPress's media section, it'll typically put the dimensions there for you automatically. I haven't found anything like that in my media section. All the photographs that I load up are just, say, conventional sizes. And and they do vary quite a bit because I make my own up quite often. But it's just a matter of they give me the dimensions and I haven't found a way to put them in. Okay, just one sec. Let me log into my WordPress blog right now. just want to check something. Going into the media section and just bringing up one of the media files I've uploaded recently. Yeah, so it does mention the dimensions, 
in the media section, like when you, when you bring up the file. But let me let me upload a new image. I just want to see what happens. I'll just pick a random image, open it up. Now, yeah, I've just uploaded an image to my WordPress site. It's got the dimensions, the dimensions there. Whereabouts um, where do you see those uh, figures, John? When you add an image, if you go, if you're in the edit media section, it'll have the date, it'll have the URL of the image file where it's located in your on your WordPress site. Haven't got anything like that here. Yeah, it'll say the file name, file type, file size, and then it'll say the dimensions. You must have a different page. I could have a different version of WordPress than what you do. Uh, what? But, I mean, even the older ones, they, they would have had this kind of information as well. There's not a figure on the page. Okay, so... If you're in the you're in the are you in the media section now? Yeah, insert from URL, insert media, um, upload files, media library. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm looking at media library. Okay, so if you're in like let's say you're in the library, okay, and can you see a list of the images that you've uploaded to WordPress? I just see the pictures of them, but no figures. No, that's okay. That's okay. Click on any one of those images that you see. Doesn't matter which one. Right click or? No, just left click on any one of those images. Ah. Now it'll bring up some details about that specific image on the right hand side. Yeah. You should see stuff like the dimensions, file size. Yep. Name. Yep. Now when you, when you add, let's say you want to use one of these images, you want to you, you you go to your media library and you add this to a post or a page on your WordPress site. Yeah. Word, WordPress will automatically put in the dimensions. So I'm not sure why. Like I'm just going I'm just going to one of my posts now that I created recently, and I'm and I'm scrolling down to where one of the images are. Oh no, sorry, I don't have a. Let me go to a different post. <laughs> that one I just went to doesn't have an image. Um, okay, this one does. All right, let me scroll down to where the images are. Uh, yeah, so, and I'm looking at one of the images I've just inserted using the WordPress Media Library the other day. It automatically, WordPress will automatically put your width and height dimensions when you use when you add an image using their media library so it could be it could be stuff maybe when you were maybe it's something in your header or your footer maybe maybe something on your somewhere in your theme maybe that's the problem well now now i see that and you say they do that automatically um that the problem initially were those social media icons that didn't go through this insert media process. Right. And it gives me well, each one yeah. as a problem. And because I couldn't alter the dimensions, my, my solution was to delete all the ones that I 
so thought I could do without. Mm. So I've only partially solved the problem. Mm. So w- yeah. once once I go into the editor and I see the is it the links or the code for each of those icons, I should be able to put dimensions in. But yeah, yeah. If if you're familiar with HT, uh, with HTML, you you can add the dimensions yourself. You know, so wherever you've got wherever you can see the image, uh, the HTML for image. IMG. Whenever a picture is added, um, and you, and you're looking at the HTML code, you'll see the IMG tag. Yeah. Like I say, IMG space, and then it'll maybe have the um, it'll have um, the source, which is the URL where the image is located, and then after that you can put text. You can put width equals, and then in brackets the the pixels of the width, and then space. And then a height equals, and then in brackets the pixels of the height. You can add that yourself if it's already not in the image tag. Does it matter whether width comes first? No, doesn't matter. As long as you have the words, it's okay, and the inverted commas. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you have you leave a space, and you put width equals, and then in yeah, it's right in the inverted commas, put the actual pixels of the width. And then again, space, and then height equals, and then inverted commas, the pixels of the height. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if you put height first and width next. And No, that's fine. So that's what I've got to sort out. Whatever I tried, copying other people's um, sort of work, mm. searching on the web, uh, wasn't successful, mm. but <clears throat> it's got to be there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And again, if you, let's say... You know, you tried your best. You, you know, you've done the research on YouTube or Google, and but you're not sure how to do it, or or you're not confident because and you're concerned you might make a mistake and ruin something on your site. Uh, you can. You, that's something I think you should be able to find a good gig on Fiverr. Pay someone five dollars to sort that out for you. Yeah. And make sure if to and if you're going to trust someone. To do that kind of work on your site, make sure it's someone that's got a lot of positive ratings for that kind of stuff. Yeah, good though. Paul's putting a comment here in the chat box. There is a Fiverr offer to speed up via GT Metrics at Fiverr, and he's given a link to someone that will do that. So thank you for that, Paul. And I'm sure there'll be there'll be quite a few people at Fiverr that most probably offer that a similar type of gig. Bill has made a comment that he's happy to announce that he has uploaded over 100 internet marketing video tutorials on YouTube. Yep, that's yeah, that's fantastic. Well done, Bill. Um, he says uh, to make sure the photos are in JPEG format. So I'm I'm assuming Bill, you're making that comment regarding what we're talking about here for the images for WordPress to make sure they're JPEG. A lot of the images I upload to WordPress are JPEG. Sometimes they're PNG files as well. I know WordPress, they do accept a few different image file formats. I'm not sure really which one is the best. It, it, it really, it will depend on the type of image you're uploading to. Let's say, for example, a photo, it might be best to do that in JPEG. 
um, for the quality of the image and versus the file size. Whereas maybe a graphics file, it might be better to do it as a, a PNG. So it, it's, it depends on the type of image that you're uploading as well, the best file format. Uh, John, can I just quickly ask you, I, I just had a quick look at WordPress. Now this is a, this is a place where you put your blogs, is that right? Mm-hmm. Right. WordPress, it, it is mainly used for people that do blogs, but you can use WordPress for any type of site that you're creating, really. It doesn't have to be a blog. Okay. You can use WordPress to create an authority site. Yes. You can use it to create a list building site, like I've created for you. You can use it for a variety of different sites, but... Um, it is a blogging platform, yes. I just had a quick look at a couple there, and there's high-quality photos. Someone's got a blog about the hats of Downton Abbey. I mean, you know, it's a very specialised field, but the, the quality of the photos, they're straight from the, the, the actual series. So, mm. so they've got mm -hmm. somehow, somewhere. Yeah, look, it's... Um, you'll notice some... Uh, sites they have really nice looking images like really nice but they don't take a long time to load up mm -hmm. the, the the actual file size of the image is quite small and i think it will depend on your own your your personal skills and the type of software you have for example there's adobe software that will do that for you that will that will you it'll allow you to if you tell it that you want to save it for a website, save your image for a website, it'll optimize it so it keeps the quality of the image but reduces the image size down as much as possible. Uh, but you don't have to stress out too much about that kind of stuff. Um, I just I, for the more uh, I the more I hear about all this stuff, the more daunted I become. It's like Oh, mm -hmm. like climbing a mountain. It's becoming yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, no, no, don't, don't, yeah, don't let all that kind of stuff bog you down. The technicalities. At the end of the day, WordPress. When you upload an image through WordPress itself, if you go to the media section and upload your your file into WordPress, WordPress automatically adjusts that image file so it's optimized for you, for your website. Okay. Okay. So when you when you go to add that image that you've just uploaded into your page or one of your posts, it's going to ask you. It's going to say, "Do you want to upload? Do you want to keep it as the original file size? Do you want it a medium file? Do you want it to be a thumbnail?" Um, so it gives you options. Always select um, the option that is is best for what you want. So if you don't need it to be its full size. You just want it to be maybe the medium one. Just select the medium. It's already WordPress already done the work for you. It's already decreased the file size, so it's not going to be taking a long time to load up. So you don't, yeah, don't let all this kind of stuff daunt you. Um, okay. But it is good to know. And and the things that we talk about here on this call or things that you might read or webinars you go to, don't get down on yourself if you don't understand everything all at once. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm just finding it, you know, I, I, what I need is a glossary of internet terms, I think, <laughs> so I know what right. I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. Yeah, if, if we do talk about stuff that is going over your head, feel free to 
you know, ask us to expand a bit more on it if we've gone over it too quickly or you look, know, I think that film that feeling of being overwhelmed, it affects most people when they start on their online business because the more you get involved in your business, the more things you want to do, the more things you realize you might not know. You just take it one step at a time. It does it does sink in gradually, you know. You it will take quite a bit of your time sometimes when you're doing something for the first time. But once you've done it once and you've figured it out, and then after that it's easy. Like I remember Steve and I were having a chat uh, last week in the stage two call, and and we we're talking about that very thing. You know, he was saying it took it was taking him ages to get something organised. It flashed me back when I first started out. It used to take me ages to do stuff, but one, again, once I figured it out, I did it once. You just you you learn it. You go you go to the next thing. You move to the next thing. It becomes easy. So um. Yeah, you won't all, you won't figure it out all overnight. Well, like when I first started, I, you know, you, you keep talking about being overwhelmed. You know, you have to you have to sort of eliminate the wheat from the chaff. You know, you're the wheat, and the chaff was all these binary options that I, people kept throwing at me. Like, oh, what's this? What's this? What's this? Uh, you know, look at the videos and so on. I think I said that last week, but anyway, I won't go too far. With it, but yeah, it just becomes overwhelming with all these offers that you get, and then and then you came along, and I thought, oh, I'll try, I'll have a look at this, and well, here I am, you know. Yeah. One more question: um, What is autoresponder and autoresponder sequence? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, that's your emails, uh, the emails that you send out oh, okay. to your subscribers. Right. So your auto. As the name suggests, if you break it out, auto response. So when someone opts into your list, instead of you having to manually say, "Hey, hey, hey, Mike, mm-hmm. thanks for signing up. Here's the link to your to the free report you you um, opted in for," your auto responder does that for okay. you. Okay. So someone opts into your list, they get an email as if from you, automatically saying, "Hey, thanks for signing up. Here's your free gift." And then a day later, or whatever you know, we whatever is configured in your sequence, that automatically that new subscriber automatically gets a series of emails from you. Right. So it's a way for you to automatically communicate with your subscribers one on one. Okay, thanks for that. Yep, sure. Now Bill's made a comment here. Um, I am using a guy on Fiverr to do some fixes on my squeeze page, and he keeps telling me. That he is working on the site offline, but I think he's just playing me along. Yeah, it could be, Bill. Um, that's very unusual for someone to do fixes on a word. Well, they're not going to be doing fixes on a WordPress site offline. Yeah, so I think you're most probably right there. You were told that PNG is the wrong type for WordPress. That's not necessarily true. It it again, it depends on a PNG file. Is where where you've got an image, but you let's say let's say for example, Bill, you've got a site that has got a pink background, right? And you want to put your face on there, but you want to put your your image on the site, but you don't want to have the white background around uh, behind your behind your face. You want your you just want to see your face, for example, and then straight away the pink background around the outline of your uh, of your head. Uh, that's where you use a PNG file. A PNG file 
uh, it allows you to do something like that. So it's that's not I wouldn't say it's true. Yeah, well, it's not true that PNG is the wrong type for WordPress. It depends what you're trying to do with your image file. Steve's saying, Hi, John, I made a copy of my squeeze page in HostGator as I want to use it to connect to my new list. The one you helped me with last week that is now on my blog. I want to use this new squeeze page on my YouTube videos and keep the original one for ad swaps. However, how do I add a new URL to this new squeeze page so I can put the the link on my YouTube videos. Okay, I'm just trying to let that all sink in while you're asking there. Okay, so what I'd, uh, Steve, we're going to, that is a bit more of an advanced topic. We're going to go over that in the next call, stage two call. So, and for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about when I say a stage two call, so I, we do two calls every week. One of them is the stage one. So for those of you that are just starting out building your list, driving traffic to your squeeze page and, get, and building a list, and you want to get to the stage where you can, you've got enough subscribers on your list where you can start doing ad swaps with other email marketers. It's, it's a very effective way of, of building your list very quickly. When you, when you get to that stage, I call it stage two, when you've got enough subscribers to start doing ad swaps. So... Um, Yep, Steve will will definitely talk about that in the in the stage two call. Sippo's uh, saying here she's just started on ad swaps and safe swaps. How do I match partners clicks if he wants if he wants uh, ten clicks and I have a thousand subscribers? How do I cap them ten clicks ten clicks only? Yep, again, Sippo, we'll, if I'd love to have you on the uh, next call, and we're going to talk about that as well cover that in the stage two actually what I'll do before I forget super I'll just check I'm pretty sure I've already added you to the stage two group I'll quickly check that yep you are we'll definitely cover that Sipo in the next call and that's going to be um in an hour from now okay Sipo. Okay. okay thank you thank you for that yeah John yes Mel <clears throat> I investigated what's going on with my list at get response mm -hmm. regarding these surplus subscribers mm. I don't seem to have a problem when I went back into history using that before date you mentioned you know mm -hmm. subscribers you haven't opened yes I, I didn't have a problem going way back and it wasn't until I got to June last year that I got my first number of 90 that hadn't opened my newsletters and then it got to about 114 when I put in the date of uh, just last month. Now the get response uh, numbers go well, did when I started, 500 and then 1,000. So I was getting pinged because I was over 500. Well, I don't see their 500 anymore. Their lowest is now 1,000, so I've gone to that. So I don't seem to have a problem with people <laughs> being on my list who are, say, not a possibility still. 
and I did get up mm. to 7.6 in my last newsletter, but uh, mm. at, least, so, at least I sorted that problem out, eh? Okay, good, good. So, yes, yeah. so you don't have a lot of unresponsive people on your list, uh, considering how long they've been on your list. Yeah. And, and and it's below your the threshold for where they start charging you for new for extra. Well, it looks as if most of my people do open them sometime mm -hmm. because when I went back before um, was it June last year, I got nothing registering at all as hadn't opened. So I really couldn't uh, see anyone that I should drop off. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And, and if that's the case, don't. You know, it's um, you put a lot of time and effort into getting those subscribers. The only time I purge my list is of people that have unsubscribed. Yeah. I'll remove those people. Yes, definitely. Uh, Steve's written something here. I wanted to share a great resource I found a little while ago. I've been using it primarily for traffic, and my Google Analytics is showing that it is one of the sources now bringing the most traffic to my blog. The resource is kinged.com. That's K-I-N-G-G-E-D.com. It's a platform where you can share internet marketing-related blog posts and users can rate them as good or bad. King is also having a competition at the moment. The people who are commenting the most each day can win cash. All right, great. Really appreciate that, sharing that, Steve. So for all of you here on, on the conference call or listening that have a blog, that's definitely something you want to check out. I'm, I'll definitely be going there because I'm always adding new content to my blog. Great. Really appreciate it. So that's what's getting you the most traffic. That's really good, really good to know. I want to talk to you a bit about, so there was a request put in to talk about creating your own products. Creating your own brand and your own products online. This is something that I truly believe everyone should be doing, even if, especially if you feel that you're just new online and you're saying to yourself, who am I to create a product? Because that's the comment I get the most. When I suggest to people, hey, you should create your own products, they're like, well, I'm not an expert or I'm just starting out. I say that's all the more reason why you should. Because by taking that initiative and creating a product, what's going to happen? What's it going to force you to do? It's going to force you to learn. And to have this idea that you need to be an expert before you can create a product is totally false. It's actually the other way around. People become experts because they've narrowed in on a topic and forced themselves to learn it and have actually taught, other, by, by teaching other people, they become an expert. That, that's how it works. You don't become an expert and then you teach people. It's not, it's not the case. You research stuff, you teach it, and as you teach it, it reinforces what you've learned 
and also the act of teaching others and if and if you have a sincere desire to help other people what that does is it creates a desire within you to learn more and to be more effective and what you notice is you're always trying to do better and better you're always trying to learn more and more on the topic and that's what helps you to become an expert so not only do I say to people, hey, create your own product so you can learn better and so you can become an expert on the topic, it's because you want to build your own brand and you, you want to create your own products in so that instead of being an affiliate and earning 75% commission or, or even 100% commission, you can earn on lots of products, you can even earn 100% commission. By creating your own products, not only are you definitely going to be earning 100% commission, but you're going to build a greater bond with your subscribers because they're learning directly from you. They see you as the authority. And the other benefit is you set yourself up to have affiliates promoting for you. Okay. So you can have, you can set your, your product up on ClickBank or any other affiliate network and you end up getting leads into your business from affiliates who are promoting for you. And they're happy because they're starting out, they don't have their own product or they might not necessarily even be starting out themselves. They could be a, an established internet marketer that doesn't have products in the area that you're, you've created products and their list is hungry for that kind of stuff. And they think, oh, hey, oh, John's created a product about list building. I don't have any products about list building. My list really wants to know about that. So I'll send them over to John because I like his stuff. And, and so that kind of thing will happen as well. What type of products can you create? I, I, I recommend a great place to start is writing a, a simple report. You can use Google Drive. It's free. You can use Word if you have it. You can use OpenOffice that you can download free. Just a basic report on a specific topic you can start. Or if you really want to go really deep into some content, go ahead and create a full-on ebook. Uh, and you, I think you said to put it on Kindle or something in one of your emails. Is that correct, John? Yeah, definitely. So you write this report and you can uh, get a e-cover created for it. you can do it yourself create an e-cover if you're not too bad with graphics you can use GIMP or you can again go to Fiverr pay someone literally five dollars to create an e-cover for your your report or your ebook you can then use that to give away to your list you can use you can just give it to your subscribers you can use that as an opt-in gift uh, for people to opt into your list you can as I was just saying you can upload it to Kindle and that's something I like to do because I earn passive income as I upload my ebooks and my reports to Kindle. But not only that, I'll put a link back to my squeeze page right somewhere like right in the beginning of the report because when people go to Kindle, they can look inside your, your book or your report. And as they look inside, if you've got your link to your squeeze page up near the beginning of the report, they'll see that and they can actually click on it and go directly to your website. So it's something I highly recommend that you do. And of course, the people that buy your stuff, they're going to be exposed to your website as well. And, and buyers, click, sorry, uh, Kindle buyers 
is fantastic traffic to have to your website. It's very high quality traffic. Uh, other things you can do, kind of products you can create is audio programs. You can use something like Audacity to record and also edit yourself speaking. You can call someone on Skype, someone that you know that has a skill in the niche that you're in and do an interview with them and you can use that as a recording. I use these calls as a recording and I use them, I pop them on my website. Sometimes I take parts of them. Let's say I'm discussing a specific topic. I'll take parts of them and create an audio series that, that I can give away or I can sell. You can uh, create a iTunes podcast with your audios as well. And that's a fantastic way to really get a lot of exposure and to build your brand and, and to establish yourself as an authority. Get heaps of traffic as well back to your website. Other things you can do is uh, sorry and I'm going over these very briefly today but over the coming weeks I'm going to go into each of these in a lot of detail I'm going to go into a lot of detail about creating reports and ebooks audio programs and all the other things I'm going to talk about right now so you can create a video training series again very easy to do you can do screen capture videos where you use something like Cam Studio, which is free, or Screencast-O-Matic, or you can use a paid product like Camtasia Studio to record yourself doing stuff on your on your computer. Uh, you can also use Screen Capture for a PowerPoint presentation you've created, and that's great for when you're doing webinars or trying to teach people things or in 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 any in any way on video. You can put these videos on YouTube. You can have them, you can host them using Amazon S3 hosting. That's how I host my videos and other files for paid products that you might be creating that you don't want to put up on YouTube. Or even if it is a paid product, you can still upload it to YouTube, but you just put it as unlisted or private so the public can't see it. I love creating videos, again, because they're very easy to do. Very, they, um, and you can charge quite a lot for videos because you can deliver so much valuable content via video. And it is it is my preferred way of establish a relationship with people because you can give them the content, but they also get to see you or, or at least hear you, or they can see you too. You can put yourself in front of a camera, just do yourself and talk in front of a video. Other things you can do for video, actually, I think that's the main things. You can do for video, or you can do a hybrid. Sometimes you know you can have a video where you're talking in front of the camera, and then you got yourself doing a screenshot or of something on your computer or a PowerPoint presentation. If you're doing any live events, if you're getting a group of people together, it could even be family and friends that you're teaching. Go ahead and record that on video, where you you can have a projector there where you've got a presentation that you're doing on a whiteboard or just you talking in front of a group of people. That's a great, great way to establish yourself as an authority and deliver good content as well. Other products you can create is group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I, I, I purposely mentioned that towards as one of the, the ones after you've done your report, audio programs and video training because by doing your reports or eBooks and your audio programs and your video training, you, you grounded yourself in that knowledge. Once you've done all that, you know your topic well. You know it very well. And you're ready to go to coaching and teaching other people. 
Um, and our common question I get is, well, what if I'm not myself yet? Uh, okay, sorry, sorry. Let me take a step back. Let's say for those of us who mainly here are in the internet marketing niche or the make money online niche, you might say, well, what if I myself is not making a full-time income online? How can I coach other people? And what I like to remind everyone here is let's say you've got a report on Kindle right now and you've only done one, but it's making you some money. And let's say it's making you $300 per month, this book that you've uploaded to Kindle. What's the difference between you making a full-time income online versus what you, the $300 that you're currently making? Anyone? What's the difference? If you've got one book that's making $300 per month, what's the difference between you making a full-time income? Any takers? Several thousand dollars. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's say, all right, Lyle, so going along with what you just said there, so let's say a full-time income for, for you, for example, is $5,000 per month. Now, let me make it more even so it's, we can do the maths easier here. Let's say it's $6,000 per month for you, Lyle. For you, for your lifestyle, you need to be making $6,000 per month. What's the difference between your $300 per month that you're currently making from this book that you've uploaded to Kindle versus the $6,000 you should be making? Uh, the amount of people that are purchasing it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can get more people purchasing it. Or you can create, how many, how many more books would you need to create to get to your goal? Oh, my math is not that good at this moment. <laughs> okay, so let's say if one let's say one book is let's say each book that you upload averages three hundred dollars per month. Let's say some do less, some do more. You need twenty of them. Oh, twenty books. Twenty yep. e-books. Uh, uh, twenty. You'd have to sell twenty. You'd have to have twenty, 20. of of these books that are each making three hundred dollars oh, per month. Yeah. To get you going. So, what, what I'm trying to say here is that. You already have the knowledge and the skill to be making a full-time income. You might not have gotten there yet, but it's only a matter of time because as you create more of these books, your income increases. For every new one you upload, you're making more money. So the coaching that you can offer people, for, in this example, the coaching you can offer people with creating books for Kindle, is it going to be any different the, the fact that you've created one versus you've created 20? No, it's not going to be any different because you're going to use the same strategies you used to create that first one. You're going to do the exact same thing because you know it's working because you're making $300 for it in this example. You know it's working, so you're just going to do the same. You're going to repeat. You're just going to rinse and repeat. So you can, if you, you're doing something successful online and you know what you're doing, you can teach people and you can coach people. Now, you can do group coaching or you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Group coaching, it can be any anything from as small as a group of two people or more. It could be a, um, a, a coaching over phone calls that you do. It can be webinar coaching. It can be coaching at a physical location. If, some, if, if you all live in the same vicinity and they, you get together. Uh, coaching programs, can sell anywhere between $500 to $5,000 or more depending on the topic and the length of the coaching and the amount of information that you're delivering. 
You can also offer one-on-one coaching, and that typically would be more expensive because you are giving that one-on-one time with someone. One-on-one coaching can go anywhere from $3,000 to $50,000 or more. Again, depending on the niche that you're in, at the length of time you're going to be delivering the coaching and the, the information. Uh, another thing you do also is set yourself up as a consultant. So this is where people need you. It's typically a one. It can be a one-off thing, or on a regular basis, they just they call you, and they just need your advice because you're the social media expert or you're the email marketing expert. Consulting, you can charge anywhere from a few hundred dollars per hour to ten thousand dollars per day or more. Again, depending on your expertise and the value that you'll be delivering to that specific person or business. Again, we're going to talk about all these in much more detail over the coming weeks. Steve's asked, how likely is it that the ebooks we put on Kindle will make $300 each? Does it have to be an exceptionally good book in a very targeted niche, or are there so many people using Kindle that we are bound to make some decent money from our ebooks anyway? Yeah, good question, Steve. What look it will it will change from niche to niche. Some niches you'll make less than that. Some you'll make more. Um, the best thing to do is to look at the market. And with Kindle, it's easy to find out how popular a specific niche is. If you, all you need to do is do, let's say, for example, uh, give me a, give me a topic, Steve, that you're thinking of writing a book about or that you are writing a book about right now youtube's youtube seo all right so what i would do steve i would get hop onto the kindle store and i'll do a search for youtube seo and see what books come up as a result then you find the best selling book in that niche and take a look at the ranking of that book next i would go to there is a site oh, just give me one moment I'll find this because I can't remember on the top of my head my computer's going a bit slow uh, almost there what I'm looking for Steve is a a site that you if you if let's say you find the ranking of this book that's the best selling in that particular niche that you want to go into. So YouTube SEO in this case. You get that ranking number that is ranked on the Kindle store. And we go to, uh, here we go. You want to go to a site called kdpcalculator.com and I'll put it here in the chat box for those of you here on Skype. KDP Calculator. Calcu, can't spell, dot com. I'll just head on over there myself. Then you you put if you put the ranking in there. So let's say the ranking was two twenty two thousand three hundred and sixty six, and you click on submit. It'll tell you how many sales that book is making per day. Let's say you you want it to be making at least one to ten sales per day. That would be a niche that you could go into. If the the best selling book in that niche was making, it was ranked twenty two thousand three hundred sixty six. Um, that would be a niche that would get you one to ten sales per day if you um, if you ranked well in it. 
Does that make sense, Steve? Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much. That's really helpful, John. But John, where do you see the ranking when you're on uh, Amazon Kindle, mm-hmm. the book? I've got I've got a list okay. of books here. Um, where do you? All right. Yeah. Okay. Give me give me the name of one of those books. Uh, oh, hang on one sec. So okay, there's one here called uh, Institube HD. Institube HD. All right, let me have a Institube. Institute HD. Oh, okay, is that the one for one ninety nine? Uh, yeah, yeah. The ranking is um, okay. If you scroll down the page in the product details section, it'll have mm-hmm. the Amazon bestsellers rank number. Yeah. Okay. And that's what you would you would put there in the KDP calculator. And it'll tell you, that'll give you an idea of how many sales are being made. And so if you if you go into, um, if you're considering writing a book on a specific topic, you go and find out, okay, if, if I was to rank well, if I was to rank well, this is how many sales I make. If you find that it's the best sellers are not making many sales, yeah, because that, that'll mean pretty much that there's not a big market for it. Okay. And that even if you were to rank well, you're not going to be making many sales, so you might decide, hey, I'll go, I'll go for a different topic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was it you said the minimum was? You said if it was making making at least one to ten, then you per day, then it's worth writing a book about it. I'd be happy if I was making sales one to ten a day. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Great. Lovely. Thanks, John. Paul's uh, asking where do we find the number to into the KDP calculator yeah if you go to any product any Kindle product Kindle ebook uh, go to the specific page for that ebook you find it in the product details section as you scroll down actually I think that one I think the one we were just checking out Steve I think it's an app for Android it's not even an ebook well the result that I brought up anyway regardless of that yeah if you when you bring up your Kindle ebook if you go to the product details section, it'll tell you the rank. Bill, did you find the ranking for yours? No? Okay, let me hop on over to your ebook. Yours doesn't have a rank. Yep. Maybe just, uh, yeah, I'm not sure why. Maybe, maybe Amazon doesn't rank every book, only the ones that start making sales or get visitors. Have you made any sales of that book yet, Bill? No sales yet, no. What I recommend you do, Bill, and for everyone here on the call, if, you, if you've uploaded a book to Kindle and it's not getting making any traction initially, like you're not getting people, it's not coming up for whatever reason, it's just not coming up um, when people search and so forth, add it to the KDP Select program, enroll it to the KDP Select program. And what that basically is is where you give exclusive rights to Amazon to promote your book. And then once you've enrolled it in that program, give it away for free for five days. Or for, well, sorry, when you're in the KDP Select program, they, they Amazon allow you to give away your book for free during that three months for five days. You can break it up. You don't have to do it five days in a row. You can give it away one day for, for, for 24 hours for free and then wait a week and do it again. It's up to you, but you, you, you're allowed over a five-day period to give it away for free. That's a great way to get exposure for your book. 
uh, I've I've done that for books that I've uploaded. I'm, I'm happy to give it away for free because it gets allows you to get reviews, and also when when it stops, let's say you give it away for for 48 hours, for example, at the end of that 48 hour period, people that then come to see your book and download it because they've come late. Uh, like they might have got received an email notification, for example, from Amazon that this your book was for free. If they get there after that free download period is ended, if they're really keen on it, they'll just buy it anyway. And that's what I noticed happened was when I was giving my book away for free, at the end of the free download period, I was making a lot of sales. So again, so that's something you I encourage everyone to do that's uploading their stuff to Kindle, especially if you've got links back to your site anyway you're happy to give it away for free to get that traffic to your squeeze page and to help you build your list. Uh, Paul made the comment, the lower the ranking number, the higher the sales. Yes, that's correct, Paul. All right, we uh, have to end today's call. We've run out of time. I hope you all have a great week. I really appreciate everyone being on the call. If there's anything I can do to help you, don't hesitate to put in the support ticket and we're always responding to those. I uh, really appreciate one's comments, really appreciate all the resources that you've shared, the things that are working for you and so forth. And I hope you got a lot out of today's call. I hope to have you on the call next week. Thanks. Bye for now, everyone. Okay. See you, John. See you, Lyle. A transcript summary of today's podcast, including links to sites mentioned is available on my blog at johnlagodakis.com. That's J-O-H-N-L-A-G-O-U-D-A-K-I-S.com. And if you'd like help setting up your own successful internet marketing business, I highly recommend you check out my free webinar at makemoneywithjohn.com. Thank you for joining us on this audio program. For more online success strategies, visit makemoneywithjohn.com dot com.